Welcome to the Hedgemaker Broadcast. The prophet Ezekiel prophesied to the nation of Israel many long years ago. Ye have not gone up into the gaps, neither made up the hedge for the house of Israel to stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. He also said that the Lord sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Hedgemaker Baptist Ministries, located in beautiful Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, is attempting to stand in the gap and make up the hedge in these days of spiritual compromise and theological apostasy. Our biblical and historical Christian heritage challenges us to fill in the gaps left by those who have moved away from their biblical foundation. Listen now as we build up the wall and make up the hedge through sound preaching from God's Holy Word. We recognize the physical, but are blind to the spiritual. Now, blindness is not in our text. Our text tonight is Mark chapter 8, verses 10 through 13, but I want to talk about the effects of spiritual blindness. There are the Pharisees, and Matthew's rendition of this in Matthew 16 adds the Sadducees. So we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees. This is, I think, perhaps the first time that we see the Sadducees and the Pharisees joined together in the Gospel accounts. And they are asking the Lord for a sign. They're spiritually blind to what has already been given them. I think we've done this in the Gospel of Mark already. They have eyes to see, but they do not see. Ears to hear, but they do not hear. There are five senses. The sight, the hearing, those are the two major ones especially when we talk about spiritual things. But there's also the taste and the touch and the smell. I'm trying to think of a verse that tells us about things smelling bad spiritually. I think there probably is an analogy there somewhere. But the Lord does say, taste and see that the Lord is good. And uh, the Lord told a number of people to touch. Thomas was to touch his hands. And uh, the woman reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And uh, so we do see those five senses. And there is a spiritual aspect to them. So I'm not sure people talk about the sixth sense. I'm not sure what that is, but let's think of it tonight as the spiritual sense. It is easy for us to think on the physical. The sight, the hearing, the touching, the tasting, and the smelling... But what about the spiritual? And the Christians ought to have, should have, do have that sixth sense, the spiritual. Let's look at the text, Mark chapter 8, verses 10 through 13. And straightway, there's that repeated word in the Gospel of Mark, the servant word, immediately, straightway. He entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the parts of Dalmanutha. The context where we are, Jesus had been in Tyre and Sidon, perhaps spending several months there, getting a respite, trying to stay away from the crowds, but the crowds followed him, and then he makes this tour of the ten cities, the Decapolis. This is still in that time frame. And those ten cities are around the Sea of Galilee. So we are on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. It's uncertain where Dalmanutha is. 
in the gospel account in Matthew, I think he calls it Magdala or Magadan, one of those two. Neither one of those places is pinpointed, but we're evidently talking about the western coast of the Sea of Galilee in that uh, district of the of the ten cities, uh, ten Roman cities that are uh, part of the Roman uh, culture. And so those cities are filled with Gentiles. And yet, here we're going to find the, uh, the uh, Pharisees in the Mark uh, rendition and then the scribes of uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees in, in Matthew's rendition coming to him. So verse 11, and the Pharisees came forth and by the way, there's some question when they're in a ship, because there's no mention of the ship in either account, but Jesus is moving back and forth between these ten cities and crossing the Sea of Galilee back and forth and just ministering to these folks. Anyway, the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. Part of their blindness is they didn't see the sign that had already been given. And he sighed deeply in his spirit, and saith, Why doth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And Matthew adds, Except the sign of Jonas, the prophet, which of course was the three days and three nights in the prophecy of the resurrection. And he left them, and entering into the ship again, departed to the other side. Now, we're, we're talking, even though blindness is not mentioned in this passage of Scripture, that's the application we want to make here tonight, spiritual blindness. And it's a problem with every generation. We don't have that sixth sense, as it were, to recognize spiritual things. In fact, let's take a time to go to the Matthew passage in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew adds some thoughts that are not recorded for us in Mark. Matthew 16, verse 1, And the Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. And here's Jesus' answer. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. You can figure out that physical sign of the weather. And in the morning, it will be, you say, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, you can see the physical, but you're missing the spiritual. You're blind to the spiritual, but cannot discern the signs of the times. And then he calls them a wicked and an adulterous generation. That language is not found for us in the Gospel of Mark, in Mark, it just simply says, no sign shall be given unto this generation. And why doth this generation seek after a sign? But here, Matthew tells us the Lord calls this generation a wicked and an adulterous generation seeking after a sign. And he says, there shall no sign be given unto you, unto it, unto this generation, but the sign of the prophet Jonas, which was already given. And he left them and departed. And so that's Matthew's rendition of this incident with the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to tempt the Lord. Mark says to question him. So let me give you four effects of spiritual blindness. Four effects 
of spiritual blindness. Those who are spiritually blind. Now, we're normally talking about those who do not see spiritual things because they're lost. But, of course, we've, as we do throughout the, the study here, we're trying to make spiritual applications to those of us as Christians. Peter mentioned in his epistle that we can be blind and short-sighted when certain qualities are missing in our lives. It's because we're blind and short-sighted. So we don't lose our salvation as a Christian, but we can be spiritually blinded. We have the tendency to rely on those five physical senses and forget that sixth spiritual sense. And of course, unbelievers are blinded. They don't have that spiritual sense. Four effects of spiritual blindness. The first effect, spiritual blindness. Those who are spiritually blind seek a sign. They seek a sign. Now, there's a sharp difference between man's natural and his spiritual senses. Man's natural senses can be very sharp and discerning. We can be, and some develop this more than others. I'm not very good. I wouldn't, I've often thought about this if I'm ever, um, a witness to some crime or something. I like to think that I'm observant, but I, when I look at my, at reality, I don't see things that perhaps I should see. My wife makes mention of, didn't you see that I changed this, that, or the other thing in the house? But we can be, very keen with our sight and catch things. Did you see that? Now, I'm, when I, we're driving, I'm usually the one driving in the car and I'm often the one who sees uh, an animal or a bird flying and I'll point out to my wife, oh, did you see that uh, hawk or did you see... What? And she's, where, where? You know, well, she's not looking for those things. I seem like I'm always looking for those things and when we're driving. I don't catch everything. There's things I miss. But we can be keen with our eyesight or our hearing. Again, some of us have keener hearing than others. Uh, Our ears are attuned to different frequencies. Some people hear higher frequencies than others. Others hear lower frequencies than others. And you can develop that to some degree as well. We, we know that when somebody misses one of those senses, like they, they are actually physically blind, that their hearing, the sense of hearing, usually picks up more things than we... Is it right to call somebody who has all five senses normal? What is normal anyway? You know? or, or, yeah, autistic people, they emphasize one of the senses over another. Some people's sense of taste. When you do the difference between caffeinated and decaffeinated coffee, I can't taste the difference. My body senses it when I drink the caffeinated coffee after a while. If I drink, you know, several cups of it, I, my, but I can't taste the difference. Maybe it's because I haven't attuned myself to that. Keen sense of taste or touch. A blind person can also develop that, and so they learn how to read the Braille, those little dots on a page. Did you ever try to do that and sense how many dots are there? Uh, you can even close your eyes and it's hard to discern that. But if you're blind and you have to depend on your other senses. So people develop their senses and can develop them to a sharpness. 
So the physical man, the natural man, can become skillful on drawing conclusions from his observation, his experiences, his hearing, and so forth, like discerning the weather and watching, observing the things that are happening in nature. Now, when it comes to the spiritual senses, the natural man is dead and undiscerned. You can't discern the difference. That has to come from the outside. And so Jesus mentioned it in the Matthew passage that these people can discern the times or discern the signs of the weather, but they cannot discern the signs of the time. We are living in a day here in America where most Americans are dead to the signs of the times. They do not recognize that there is coming a great apostasy and they do not understand where our country is headed. You and I who have some of the spiritual sense from the Word of God and we've studied the prophecies, we understand a little bit much better, hopefully a, a, a keen sight better, where things are headed. Spiritual blindness. So there is a sharp difference between the natural senses and the spiritual senses. Now, what it has happened in Old Testament history, mostly Old Testament history, is that God has given, let me take you to 1 Corinthians, God has given many signs of the times. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 22. 1 Corinthians one twenty-two. It says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. You can pretty much mark it down that the signs that are given in the Old Testament are given to the Jew. And not always, but most of the time when we're talking about signs, we're talking about miraculous type of things, but it could also refer to things that are a picture, uh, like the sign of Jonas. Jonas, I think that was a miracle, that Jonah was thrown overboard swallowed by a whale, and I personally think he died in the belly of the whale and that he resurrected to life. That's my take on that. If that didn't happen, at least the Lord is using the three days and three nights in the belly of the whale as a picture of the three days and three nights that our Lord spent in the heart of the earth who did die and who did rise from the dead. So if the fact of Jonah wasn't a miracle at least the resurrection of Christ is a miracle. And it's a sign, a picture of that. That has already been given. Even to the scribes and Pharisees of Jesus' day, they knew that picture. They knew that sign. And uh, I'm not going to give you a list of some of the signs that had already been given to Israel, but there are many things in prophecy. Uh, the Lord prophesied before they would happen. That's a miracle. And when they happened, Israel can now look back at their history and say, Ah, the word of God is true. A sign has occurred. So there are many signs that the Pharisees and the Sadducees should have seen. They didn't see them. They had eyes to see, but they could not see. Their physical eyes were open, but their spiritual eyes were closed. Spiritual blindness. They had ears to hear. They heard the preaching, but they didn't 
catch the spiritual significance of it. Or if they did, they rejected it. So the signs of the times are there. And the signs of the second coming of the Lord, many, many prophecies. You look at Simeon and Anna, for instance, in uh, Luke chapter 2, maybe Luke chapter 3. They knew what the Bible said, and so they were looking for the coming of the, the Christ child. And, of course, waited until Christ was born. Why didn't the rest of Old Testament Israel see the spiritual sight of the coming of Christ? How come they missed it? They were had eyes to see, but could not see. And so there are many things and many prophecies, many pictures in the Old Testament pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. So the signs were given. So here in our text, the Lord is ministering as he had been doing. I don't know where we are in the life of Christ, what year we're actually in here. If this is like the third year or how far we've come along here. But the Pharisees knew, of course, about the ministry of Christ. And they came forth, it says. And they began to question him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. So you understand right away they're tempting him. They're trying to get him into trouble. Notice how they're seeking a sign from heaven. They want some kind of a miraculous thing to take place. And basically Jesus is saying, you've already got what you look for. So spiritually blind people say, well, I won't believe it until I see it. And so they ask God to do certain things. Like the, the skeptic who says, God, if you're alive, strike me dead right now. They're asking for a miraculous sign from heaven. God's not going to show them that sign. God already showed in the Bible and in nature that God is alive. Physical things are there. You can discern those things, but you, you lack the spiritual. You don't see it. The heavens, Psalm 19, declare the glory of God. It's all visible to be seen if people would open their spiritual eyes and see those things. So the spiritually blind seek for a sign when God has already given them signs and already given them messages that they should heed. All right, let's move on. The second problem, what do we call this? The effects. second effect of spiritual blindness is that they grieve the Lord. In our text, verse 12, it says, and he sighed deeply in his spirit. That's the Lord being grieved. The Lord is grieved, I think, because of the motive behind the seeking of the sign. Notice in the text that these Pharisees sought a sign tempting him. What is the motivation for the spiritual blindness? Like Peter says, they are willfully ignorant of the truth. The signs are there. The prophecies are there. Israel in particular could go back to their Old Testament scriptures. They could go back and rehearse the history of the prophets. And they could see Messiah if they would see him. See, there's a willful ignorance. Anyway, the effect of spiritual blindness is that it grieves the Lord. Let's get into that. The fool has said in his heart there is no God. Man knows that God exists. 
That's obvious. If he rejects God, it's a foolish rejection. So he knows deep in his soul, in his spirit, in the quiet recesses of his heart, that God is there. Yet he outwardly denies that. Now, Jesus faced this sad fact. The Bible says that he was deeply sighing in his spirit because they're asking him a sign and tempting him. Seeking for a sign, the spiritual blindness grieves the Lord. Now, what about you and I? As Christians, when we are willfully ignorant of the truth, spiritually blind of the truth, don't we grieve the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 4.30 tells us very specifically, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. We can do that by not seeing the things that God wants us to see. You need to open the eye of faith and uh, see the things that God has for us. So the spiritually blind grieve the heart of God. Spiritually blind look for a sign. The spiritually blind grieve the heart of God. Number three, the spiritually blind receive no additional sign from the Lord. They receive no additional sign from the Lord. In the Mark passage, Jesus said, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. Matthew adds the thought, No sign shall be given except the sign of Jonas the prophet, which was already given, which you can add all of the other hundreds of signs. So no additional sign is given from the Lord to those who are spiritually blind. The Jews were unjustified in seeking for this additional sign because they already had the signs of the previous generations. They just were not listening to them. So think about it for a moment. You have the Pharisees and you have the Sadducees. The Pharisees, we could call them religionists or traditionalists. Okay? Jesus talked much about their tradition. The Sadducees were more like the rationalists. Okay? They said, well, they, re- they rejected the doctrine of the resurrection. They said that, well, that doesn't fit with my rational mind how people can be raised from the dead, so the resurrection does not exist. So they're rationalizing things, and, and that's what people do. Through our tradition and our religion, we're blinded to the truth. Through our rationalism, we are blinded to the truth. There are many people who use the five senses, physical senses, and use the physical mind that they have. Very intelligent people who reject the truths of God's Word. So that can't be. That's too simple. That does not fit with my intellectual capacity, they can't comprehend the simplicity of the gospel. And so they reject it, willfully ignorant of the truth. The Jews, whether they were Pharisees or Sadducees, were doing the same thing, whether they're following religion and tradition or whether they're following a rationalism, they're rejecting the truth. And so the Jews just simply did not believe. We go to the the book of Romans in our study on Wednesday night, the problem with Israel was they did not believe. So it comes down to a lack of faith. They didn't understand 
that what God was looking for was love and faith. And man was trying to put together works and signs. So the Pharisees came up with this concept of works. Here's a list of things you need to do. They questioned the disciples of Jesus. Oh, your disciples went in here and they ate this food with unwashed hands. They violated one of the rules of the Pharisees. And so they thought that God was pleased with their works and their signs when God is pleased with our love and our faith. So they were blinded to spiritual truths. So true religion is not a religion of works and signs, but a religion of faith and love in Christ. The Jews sought a sign because, according to Matthew's Gospel, they were an evil and an adulterous generation. They were apostates. They were falling away from the truth. They were following false gods of works and false gods of signs instead of seeking the God of faith and love. They wanted the signs to fit their own choosing. Why did they reject all of the signs that were already given? Well, that didn't fit with what we thought. They're looking for some spectacular sign. They're looking for some brilliant sight. They want to see some astounding truth. You know, so I often wonder why is it that people follow false teachers? And one of the answers, I still don't comprehend it all, but one of the answers is this teacher comes along and presents some astounding truth that maybe these people haven't heard before. Wow, he's a great teacher. He doesn't have the truth. And that's what we're looking for. They're looking for some irrefutable argument. So they argue about this, that, and the other thing. They find holes, supposedly, in the truths of the gospel. And they say, well, my philosophy doesn't have any holes. And irrefutable, well, it can be refuted. They're looking for some miraculous experience. How many people have been following this, that, and the other thing because something miraculous happened to them? The devil is an angel of light and he can make it appear like things miraculous take place. And when a miracle, oh, but why didn't they follow the miracles of Jesus? Didn't he perform miracle after miracle? Didn't, weren't there many signs already given to the Pharisees? And then they want some unbelievable deliverance. You know, like deliverance from Roman tyranny in Jesus' death. Or deliverance from some bondage which in which we find ourselves. And so, when we get that deliverance, wow, that's what we follow. So that's what we're looking, those kinds of signs. God's great concern is not the signs from heaven, but the signs that are already given. The signs that are already there in our hearts. The fact that the gospel is written in our hearts. That's a sign, but we reject that. We want something outside of ourselves. And so you and I, you and I can do the same thing. We can be religionists and rationalists like the Pharisees or like the Sadducees and end up looking for signs also. We say, well, I'm not going to go to Africa as a missionary unless the Lord gives me a sign. Or I'm not going to do thus and so unless I have some miraculous sign telling And the Bible's already told us to do whatever it is that we're supposed to do. So we can do the same thing. And then 
Finally, back to our text, Mark chapter 8 and verse number 13. But let me review the three we've covered so far. Number one, this, the first effect of spiritual blindness is that a spiritually blind person seeks for a sign. Number two, spiritually blind people grieve the Lord. Number three, spiritually blind people are not going to receive any additional signs from the Lord. It's already been given. Look at what's already given to you. Number four, spiritually blind people are out of the loop. Putting that into our modern vernacular. The text says, in verse 13, after Jesus said, there shall no sign be given, and he left them, and entering into the ship again departed to the other side. He had no choice but to leave these people. They rejected him, so he is now rejecting them. They are out of the loop. He's forced to leave them. Spiritually blind people are out of the loop. This is Dr. Lee Hennice, and we want to thank you for listening to the Hedgemaker broadcast today. Most of our broadcasts are portions of a sermon that I have preached the church. Hedgemaker Baptist Ministries is the preaching, teaching, and writing ministry for myself. You can visit us on the web at hedgemaker.org. And let's be encouraged to stand in the gap and make up the hedge until Jesus comes again. (laughs) 